Hello, Bear Nation. My name is Gary Justice. I'm the host of the U-Pike Baseball Podcast. This episode features former head coach Johnny LeMaster as he talks about his playing career, his route to the University of Pikeville, the construction of Johnny LeMaster Field, and his favorite U-Pike baseball memories. Exciting episode, so let's get started. Coach Johnny LeMaster, welcome to the U-Pike Bears baseball podcast. Uh, it's about time you had me on here. I tell you, you're the, you'll be the most anticipated guest that we have and probably the best one we'll have as well. Well, I don't know about that, but we'll do what we can. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time and you're willing to come on and go down memory lane with us a little bit. No problem, buddy. Here we go. Hold it's on like, to your seatbelt. <laughs> Get your popcorn ready, like right, Coach? There you go. So, Coach, tell us a little bit about your playing career. I know the audience, a lot of people are familiar with you. Maybe our younger audience uh, wasn't for sure. I mean, probably know you as a baseball coach, but didn't know a whole lot about Johnny LeMaster as a baseball player. Tell us a little bit about your playing career. Oh, baby. <clears throat> Let's start uh, in the first week of June. They always hold the uh, annual baseball, Major League Baseball draft, and as soon as I graduated, a couple of days after I graduated from high school, I was the San Francisco Giants' number one draft choice. I was the sixth person selected in the whole nation. I was very fortunate. And they sent me right off the bat a couple of days later after I signed my contract. I was on a plane going to uh, actually to Phoenix, Arizona for a, uh, like a 10-day spring training. And then we went up to Great Falls, Montana, which is where I played my uh first uh, summer of ball with the Giants. And then the next year, I started off in Decatur, Illinois, which was what they consider a low A ball. And then but halfway through the year, they sent me to Fresno, California, which is the high A. <clears throat> and then the next year, I completely skipped double A and went to triple uh, A in Phoenix, Arizona. That was 1975. That was a long time ago. But at the end of that year, when they, what you call, expand the uh, 40-man roster in September, uh, I was called up to uh, play for the San Francisco Giants. But before that, I had signed a letter of intent to play at Arizona State. But uh, the Giants came knocking at the door, and I ended up signing with them. So from 1973 through 1985, I was with the Giants. Now I got traded to uh, Cleveland. I played there for two weeks, then got traded to Pittsburgh Pirates, which I played with them in 85. And I finished my big league career up in 1987. I signed as a free agent with the Oakland A's, and and that was the last year I played. But I wish I could still do it again. Well, Coach, I remember you telling me a story. I seem like when you're in your your last year in 87, you had a pretty special uh, roommate, I believe. You know? I, I did. It was uh, – not other than the big guy, Mark McGuire. And his rookie year, he hit 49 home runs. And he didn't even play the whole month of April. They had another rookie uh, first baseman. His last name was Nelson. I can't remember his first name. But uh, they were trying to give him the job. But then they put Mark in the starting lineup one day, and he had a couple home runs. And uh, he, he never looked back. And And – most people have heard these stories about him being on steroids and everything like that, but I can attest to you 
that that first year he played his rookie year, he was not, he, he, he lifted weights religiously. He was very strong and he was always continuing to get stronger. But Mark McGuire is, is, is a great guy. Well, that's those so I always, um, I had an opportunity to play two years of college baseball as you being my head coach. And that was probably two of the best years I ever had baseball. Not only as, as much as I learned, but just getting to hear the stories, that was always fun. But uh, so going back real quick, though, so you went to Paintsville High School, though, correct, Coach? That is correct, under none other than good old Charlie Atkins. We used to come up and play uh, where you went to high school. We used to play you guys all the time because that's about the only two teams that would play whenever it was raining or cold. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, that's uh, – I would love to watch some of those ball games. I know you'd tell me the stories about how many scouts were in the stands, and that was—I'm sure that was quite an event as well. Well, it's always good to reminisce. You know, when I was in high school, my junior and senior year, there were only 26 major league teams at the time, but there in the stands, there would be sometimes between 30 and 50 scouts. Some teams would be sending two and three scouts at a time, uh, and it was—it was an amazing ride. It was kind of a eye-opening thing what what are these people doing here in Paintsville Kentucky and then we we would go to some parks and you know how well you may not know but some of the baseball fields that we played around here were just literally cow pastures we went to one in Hazard man I mean there was glass and coal and everything in the world laying on the field but here here's 40 scouts at the game watching me play and but it, it was it was something else. It was uh, definitely a great memory for me. Hey, Coach, share with the audience, what was it like as far as pressure-wise, being a young man, 17, 18 years old, and you got 40 scouts here watching you play a game of baseball? I mean, what was that like? Uh, <clears throat> to be honest with you, Gary, I, I loved every second of it. Uh, you know, my high school – Senior year, I hit 533. I was just killing the ball, and I was nine and one as a pitcher. Uh, you don't see too many guys get nine wins, but most of those wins were out of the bullpen coming in the uh, <laughs> sixth and seventh inning because most of those scouts were wanting to watch me play shortstop. But the Detroit Tigers told me that if uh, if they had gotten around, if the draft would have come on, that they were drafting a little bit later the year that I was drafted, they were going to draft me as a pitcher. And I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I'm here listening to some stories, too, that you was a pretty good basketball and football player, too. I spent <clears throat> whatever season was going on, I played. <clears throat> uh, I started on our high school basketball team in the eighth grade on through my senior year same way with football I started as an eighth grader and but I, I did I played golf on the high school golf team <clears throat> and there's one story I got to tell you uh, there was a scout by the name of Tony Lucadella with the Philadelphia Phillies he would come and get me out of school and take me over to the ballpark and take me into the tennis court. And he wanted to hit ground balls there because he said it simulated AstroTurf because the Phillies had AstroTurf. And my arm just got so sore from him working me out day in and day out. And then <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Pirates came and did the same thing. Uh, but I, I told Coach Ack, I said, Coach, I can't even throw the ball from shortstop to first base. I said, I need a day off. And – there happened to be a, a golf uh, 
outing that day. And Coach Brew, our football coach, was a golf coach. And he, he said, come on. So I, I went and played golf that day. And, and Charlie said there was 40 scouts that came over there. And I wasn't at the ballpark. <laughs> they just want to know what was going on. But that was just part of the things that were going on that year. And, and it, it was just an amazing ride, to be honest with you. Well, I tell you, no, Coach, so, you know, you get through your playing career um, and you decide to go on the route of coaching. So tell the audience at home, of what was your route to get to the University of Pikeville? Um, <clears throat> when I first came back home, and uh, I knew my baseball playing days and career was over. Uh, I started, <coughs> excuse me. I started coaching a 13, 14, 15-year-old team <clears throat> under the Little League umbrella. And then I did that for about five years and then uh, went on up the ladder, <clears throat> started coaching a 16, 17, 18-year-old kind of a travel team, but it was still under the Little League umbrella. And then eventually I had a couple of sporting goods stores. I put one in, in Pikeville, and then somebody came into the store and told me that Roy Cutright was stepping down from the baseball job to take the basketball job. Would you be interested in applying for that? <clears throat> and I just thought for a while. Uh, I said, yeah, I, I still, God has blessed me with some talent to be able to teach the game. And I said, this is a good way still to go ahead and give back. So <clears throat> I went up and talked with Ron Dameron, which was the athletic uh, director and, we got things going, and lo and behold, uh, you, I think, were a junior on that team that year. Yes, sir. And it started, I think it was 1995 was my first year there, from 95 to 2006 or seven, somewhere in that. I, I coached for 12 years. I, you have to help me with the math there. but Yeah, so it's 95 to 2007. That's exactly right. Uh, okay. You still got it. Yeah, but uh, and then we got got started there, and uh, it, I never looked back. So, Coach, which one, again, the, the, when you come in and to the – at the time, the Pikeville College of Bears, and, of course, it was um, – you can tell the, your passion for the game of baseball, but also um, – I mean, I remember some of the games. I remember more about what you taught us off the field, Coach, well, than what you taught us on the field. Well, and I appreciate that, Gary, because that was one of my main concerns. Uh, I'm not saying this to brag on myself. I'm a very religious man, and I wanted to be an example for my players first, but yet I wanted them to be able to implement what – it was to be a man after they graduated from college and to be able to represent the University of Pikeville the way that it should be represented and people would have a good uh, memory of, of seeing a University of Pikeville baseball team coming in any city that we go in to play but after they graduate that they knew how to treat their wife that they knew how to treat their kids. They knew how to act in restaurants. They knew how to act if we go, go out in public somewhere. <clears throat> and, and that was an important, and it always will be an important thing. But I think that's part of being well-rounded well in a college atmosphere. And I think that's what getting the college education is all about. But the coach is very important to that because 
if he doesn't live up to his side of it, he's just a hypocrite. But I tried to do the very best that I possibly could. Sometimes I didn't do real good on the field with the umpire. <laughs> well, you always took up for us. I know that, Coach. Uh, but but I, I never cussed an umpire, not one time, and I never have in my life. Uh, and I try to teach kids that, you know, when when I was growing up, when I was in high school, so forth and so on, I said a lot of dirty words. <clears throat> but I, I finally understood that it took more of a man not to cuss and say dirty words than it did to say dirty words. And that's what I tried to teach the kids, not with my words, but with my actions. I tell you, Coach, and of course, I, only, I was only had an opportunity to play for you for two years. So that's something that stood out to me is that you you didn't try to teach us by intimidation. You taught us by example, uh, whether it be by language. Uh, also, I remember one of the things, Coach, you had us do a lot of community service projects in those two years. And I kind of took it like, guys, we all have time, talent, and treasure. You know, we give back. Give back to the community. Baseball camp, uh, whether you can help around the university, be in that example because, you know, especially in the ball field, if somebody comes watch you to play, a little kid, and they see you acting, you know, silly out there, well, they're going to do the same exact thing. Be that example as well. Exactly. And, and that's how you build a program. It it starts from scratch, but it starts with with truth. And it, it starts with people understanding that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. And when other people can start seeing that, they, they start saying, hey, that's something I want to be a part of. And it, it just flourishes from there. And I, I think over the 12 years that I was there that it it started getting to be the type of program that uh, everybody could be proud of. Well, I know, Coach, that um, you did a lot for the program in your 12 years. And the first thing i like for you to talk about, because the, the two years that I played for you, we played our games in high school, high school. So we shared that field with the high school. But then during my senior year, the construction started on now what's called Johnny LaMaster Field. Talk a little bit about that process of putting a field on the campus of the University of Pikeville. Well, one of my first thoughts when I took the job, I, I said, we need a field. <clears throat> and I had to get on my knees and beg the, the president, the athletic director, everybody up there. I said, hey, find me some place where we can build a field. I'll get it done. And they said, well, out there on the river where where the river used to run, they said, there, there's a plot, but how are you going to do it? It's just pure rock out there. I said, well, let's see what happens. And lo and behold, uh, Walmart started building <clears throat> that new Walmart that stands where it's at now. And they were moving a lot of dirt. And so I talked to them, and, and they they said they needed a place to dump their dirt. I said, boys, I got a place for you to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, so we ended up getting something like 400 to 500 loads of uh, very good uh, topsoil out of the diggings. that they And they were big 18-wheel uh, tractor-trailer loads coming in, too. But it, it, it was going to take something like that because – it needed to be built up five to six feet at top of that uh, bedrock to where uh, grass could grow and everything like that. And after we got all that in there, then uh, I had to get it surveyed and uh, mapped out to where 
where the field was going, how it was going to lay out. And we got that done for free. And then, uh, how were we going to get grass to grow on it? And Gary, it, it took 13 tractor trailer loads of sod. And wow. Wow. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I probably laid 11 of those tractor trailer loads by myself. Uh, the kids helped with a couple of them, but most of them, uh, they, I tried to keep them in school because it was during uh, the fall season in October and November that we were laying the sod and finally got the sod down. And then I can't remember the man's name, but he had cancer at the time. But he, he gave us $25,000 to build the wall. Uh, but, uh, and that's, that's, but it took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of getting down on your knees, and a lot of begging to get that done. But we finally got it done, and it's still there. And I, I think the kids that play on it appreciate it, and it's turned into a very good field. You know that the the setting for the field is amazing. The backdrop of the mountain, you know, big downtown Pikeville. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's a great place, close to campus, where students can come to the ball games and. Got dormitory right next to it, where the guys who play on the baseball team they can stay over there. It's just short, you know, just a walk over to the field. Perfect location. You couldn't find a better place. I agree. It's within walking distance of everything. Uh, <clears throat> they can get to practice, get the games good, and uh, you know, it, it's a good place for people to watch a game. There's a lot of different aspects that they can can watch from, and. and just uh, it turned out to be an actual excellent spot for the baseball field to be. Well, coach, in your 12 years at the University of Pikeville, which is something a lot of people um, may not realize that you live in Paintsville, so you was driving every single day, and a lot of times we would have 6 a.m. practices, and Coach Johnny LeMass would be right there. We were complaining about getting up, but we didn't have a 45-minute drive. Well, like you. if you all remember, one of the one of the things that I tried to drive home was just be on time. And, it, yes, and being, being on time wasn't being there right then. It was being 10 or 15 minutes early where you could get everything done. But most of the time on those – because we practiced all winter. And yes, sir. I usually got up about four o'clock and left here about five o'clock every every single morning. Uh, but I I enjoyed it. I, I really did, and, and I think the players enjoyed it and appreciated that someone was willing to uh, take that type of an effort to to get something. But once we started doing that, I that was when I really started seeing the improvement of the players. Uh, not just that winter, but when the season started in the spring. Well, you definitely instilled a, a work ethic in us, and you led by example that, again, if we can't complain, the coach is doing it. He's right with us. He's he's a part of us. It's not, I want to tell you to do one thing, but I want to do something else. He was out there with us, you know, whether it be, you know, on the field, off the field, um, to instruction, and that's something – you know, even in my coaching career since then, Coach, I've implemented a lot of things that you taught me as a coach, um, even to my players, give them back that way. Well, I hope I didn't teach you anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, it's, uh, it's you know, through this podcast, I've had a couple of kids that I've coached in the past, and it's been um, 
uh, you know, it, the, a lot of things they picked up from me and they're very appreciative. And that's, uh, again, all goes back to a lot of, to you and for those two years. And also the experiences that you uh, allowed us to have too, like those two trips we took down to Florida and played, you know, played the Braves minor league team. And, you know, those, those memories live on. And that's, uh, and the, the players like Willie Stargell that we got to meet and, and Bobby Cox and those guys, it's the, uh, Matter of fact, one of my senior year, I was warming up in the bullpen, and Steve Bedrosian was warming up beside me. And of course, he's on the baseball a little bit faster than I was, but it still to have a major leaguer warming up beside of me is an experience I never will forget. Well, let let me take that a little bit farther. <clears throat> we played a game there against their uh, single A team. And the first batter of the game, and and you were pitching. <laughs> Here, listen to that. You you people listen to this podcast. Listen to it. The first hitter that Gary faced was a little Dominican Republic. I think he was a shortstop. I'm not sure, but uh, he hits a line drive and hits Gary in the forehead, and the ball goes straight up into the air. And Shane Hensley catches it before it hits the ground for an out. And I, I go out to the mound, and I'm I'm really worried because the ball hits you pretty good. And I, I said, Gary, are you okay? He said, Coach, I'm not coming out. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm pitching. And I, I couldn't tell you how much – how proud I was of you. I knew you were addled, but I knew you wanted to stay in, so I just turned around and walked out. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you another story there, Coach. I think he ended up pitching three or four innings that, that game. and So they take me to the training room afterwards to, to put the ice on the arm and all that other stuff. And they actually go ahead. That's a little spot in of raising up. So they put a little ice on there, too. Well, because where we're playing at, we're playing on one of the secondary fields next to their main field. So we're playing on second. So into the training room walks Tom Glavin and John Smoltz. This is no joke. And they walked by me and they said, "What happened to you?" I said, "Well, I got got hit by four, you know, by baseball pitching." And the only thing they said was this: "Normally we catch those." <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept on walking by. Hey, at least you got. To hear a, a funny joke from some of those, and to get it to understand that those guys are just real people too. Yes, sir. They just—it was just—it was a great, great memory. I appreciate you sharing that one. What about some of your other favorite memories in your 12 years at the University of Clarksville, Coach? We were playing Moorhead State College uh, one afternoon, and. Uh, had a couple of kids from Logan, West Virginia that could really run. And we were beating Moorhead five to one going into about the fourth inning. And uh, Jamie Owens was on first base, and <clears throat> I gave him the steal sign. And he's still in second. Catcher makes the throw. Shortstop tries to catch the ball. Jamie slides in. About the time that the ball hits the glove, his feet hit the glove, and the ball goes flying out into center field. <clears throat> and the umpire calls him out, and the ball's laying out in center field. So naturally, I go out there as the gentleman I am, and uh, 
he ends up kicking me out of the game. So I'm up in the stands now, and there's a little bit of chirping going on between some of the Moorhead players and some of our players. And uh, I knew that that was going on. I was, I was trying to keep my kids from opening their mouths too much. But as the game goes on, uh, Jamie gets on base again and uh, ends up stealing another base and, and gets on second base and the shortstop and second baseman are chirp, chirping at Jamie. But Jamie's brother's on the team. <clears throat> Next thing I know, he's out of the dugout charging the second baseman and the shortstop out there where his brother's at. So I come out of the stands. I go back out on the field, and I'm trying to break all this chaos up. And the umpire throws me out of the game again. <laughs> but they, they finally – the coach there, Jarnigan was his name, uh, for Moorhead. He said, Coach, you now hold an OVC record, which is the Ohio Valley Conference. I said, I hold a record? He said, yeah. I said, I said, well, what is it? He said, you're the only person that's ever been thrown out of the same game twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh coach that's a great memory uh, and because because now jamie and chris owens could really play the game of baseball oh yeah too yeah. and of course chris being the older brother he's gonna go protect his little brother too that's and that's what he was doing but at me as a head coach i still had to go out there and try to <laughs> <laughs> try to simmer things down, but I didn't realize that the umpire was going to throw me out of the game again. I'd already been thrown out. So, Coach, um, when you going back to the recruiting trail, when you were recruiting players from '95 to 2007, what was your recruiting pitch for the University of Pikeville when you talked to these players, Gary? It was <clears throat> it was just very simple. Uh, I told them. I was always going to tell them the truth. I said, if you come here, I'm not guaranteeing you any playing time. You're going to have to earn it. Uh, and if you earn it, then you will get your playing time. But my first pitch was always your academics comes first and foremost because that's what you're here to college to be. And if you weren't able to do that, then you were going to have to sit out or, or either – it wouldn't be me kicking you off the team. You kick yourself off the team by not keeping yourself uh, academically eligible to be able to play. But I would also tell them that if they, my door would always be open, if they ever had a question to ask me, to please ask it. They may not like the answer that I give back, uh, but I would always be honest with them. And I would try to tell them where they sit as far as their playing time goes and and <clears throat> try to take it from there. But honesty was the very thing that I tried to would be my pitch to them and I think if, if a coach tells a person yeah you're going to get playing time that would be a coach that I wouldn't want to play for because it's something that you've got to earn and but it it worked and yes sir <laughs> <laughs> I, I know and you've had some you had some really successful seasons well um at you pike coach and I know you uh it's unofficial, but I think you, yeah, I know you hold the the career record for wins at the University of Pike. Well, that's official, but I think you set the single season record um, for wins as well. I know we won forty some games one year. I don't know whether I, if that's a record. I didn't know. It. I did. I did know that I do 
hold the all-time wins record as far as the coach goes, but I didn't really know about the single season. That That's a very good possibility. Yeah, because that in that year, um, I remember I'd already graduated and come back and watched. That was a very talented team from Jamie and Chris Owens to, to Jamie Hager. Um, you, you had some guys who could really – Bud Sampson. Yeah. Of course, you're talking about Jamie and Bud, two guys from Phelps High School here locally who really blossomed under your tutelage. At yeah. I don't know if Jamie's going to listen to this or not, but when he was a freshman – he forgot <laughs> to get up one morning and make the trip to Florida. And he, we, the bus went one way, and he started driving the other way to try to catch it. But, but he's a doctor now, and he got a great education, and, and he ended up being one of the better players that I coached, too. You know, that's a, a funny story on that. We, uh, I get to play golf quite a bit with Dr. Hager, and I remind him of that story of Florida because Coach, the night before, come stay with me. Oh, is so that right? closer to the bus. He said, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Of course, we didn't have cell phones. And uh, and we take off in the bus, and we're heading south on 23, and then Jamie's driving 100 miles an hour, but he's going north towards Paintsville. Yeah. <laughs> he, he needed a GPS. He <laughs> needed a GPS. Um, but, Coach, you know, as far as just, I mean, talking to all my teammates and everybody who's played for you, definitely – um, you definitely put your stamp on the program, and I think it's our jobs and whatever we do, you know, influencing younger players or kids or whatever role is, if you're an administrator at the University of Pikeville, is put your stamp on the program or the school to make it a little bit better than what you found, and you definitely did that. Well, and that's still my wish, not that I do it, but the people that are coming to me that make it even better than it was when I was there. And, and, that, and that's that's saying that college baseball is not going to do anything but get better, better. Such an important part of the area, Coach, you know, as far as uh, I know the baseball program is just a part of the university, but, you know, it's a big part for, like, myself. You know, the guys I keep up with from college is my teammates. And, and you said something, uh, Coach, that um, – really stuck home with me, and, and then this is when I was a college student, I'm 21 years old, and you're saying this, that you tell the whole team, not just me, but you tell the team, that guys, the people you're standing around right now will be your lifelong friends, and and that's, that was, I have never witnessed a more truer statement, because that's the guys I keep up with right now. And and But you know that those are your true friends, because you went out and sweated with them, you got tired with them, you got sick with them, you probably, in some cases, got mad at them and fought with them, but you got over it. And but you went to battle with each other, and you you made memories, and and not only in the dorm but on the baseball field too. And it it just cements a, a friendship like none other. And I still have the same thing, not with just you guys, but with the guys that I played with also. You know, Coach, and then also you talked about your impact as a coach. And, again, I'm talking to personal memories here. But after I graduated from, from Pikeville College, I still had a desire to keep on playing a little bit. And, and they had an independent league called the Frontier League. And I went up, I went up to, to work out in Chillicothe, Ohio. And um, 
And I looked in the stands. I looked up there, and I didn't know you was even coming. But Johnny Lamaster was sitting right up in that stands for just supporting me. So that meant a lot to me, too. But that's not something I called and asked you. You just found out about it, and you you took the trek up there to, to support me. And then also I had another teammate, Jeff Jones, up there working out, too. He was up there supporting us. I, did, I wanted to see how you guys were going to do. <laughs> but I tell you, it gave us a little vote of confidence having you there, and that's uh, that's a true impact. I appreciate that very much. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time, and I know the audience is going to love this story. I'm sure we're going to have the highest ratings on this. Well, tell everybody hello for me and go Bears. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. All right, buddy. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and special thanks goes out to Coach LeMaster for his appearance. The Fall World Series was played over the weekend with Team Sheffield coming on top, winning the series two games to none by the scores of 3-2 and 9-6. This will conclude the fall practice schedule for the Bears, and practice is slated to resume in January when the students report back for spring classes. Games will begin for the Bears Slated right now, February the 6th and 7th, as they take on Indiana University Southeast in Louisville, either at the University of Louisville or Trinity High School. As a reminder, this podcast is available on multiple platforms, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I release one daily, Monday through Friday. I appreciate you guys listening, and as always, Go Bears!